Pharmacodynamics. Pharmacodynamics in its simplest form asks, how do drugs do what they do? Drugs cannot make the body do anything that the body doesn't normally do. All they do is change the rate of pre-existing physiological processes. The rate of physiological processes is controlled by the rate of neurotransmission. Drugs can alter the physiological function by altering the rate of transmission so that there is an increased or decreased activation of receptors that regulate that function. Consciousness, for example, is determined by the neurotransmission in the ascending reticular activating system. Stimulant drugs such as amphetamine increase alertness and wakefulness by enhancing transmission of specific transmitters, whereas depressant drugs such as alcohol bring on sedation by altering the activity of these neurotransmitters. Peripherally, peripherally, heart rate is regulated by the activity of the autonomic nervous system. Drugs can stimulate heart rate by increasing the activation of the adrenergic receptors to stimulate cardiac activity, while other drugs alter cholinergic transmission to inhibit cardiac activity. Understanding what a drug does means knowing where and how the drug affects neurotransmission. First, it is necessary to pinpoint exactly what is changing when a drug alters neurotransmission. Across all drugs, the ultimate change in, is the degree of postsynaptic receptor activation, which in turn alters the rate of physiological processes. Remember that postsynaptic receptors are the receptors on the receiving end of the synapse. Where these receptors are activated, they open and close ion channels in the, the postsynaptic neuron, giving rise to an ex excitatory postsynaptic potentials or inhibitory postsynaptic potentials. This makes it more or less likely to trigger an action potential. Drugs can affect postsynaptic receptors by binding to them directly, but they can also bind to presynaptic receptors to influence neurotransmission by altering how much transmitter is released. We will look at both direct and indirect methods, starting with the former. Presynaptic receptors in modulate the production and or release of the transmitter. These receptors can be classified in one of two types, autoreceptors and heteroreceptors. Autoreceptors represent one mechanism whereby neurons self-regulate their activity. The presence of autoreceptors answers the question, how do nerve terminals know how much neurotransmitter to release to the synapse? They serve as a negative feedback loop. The amount of neurotransmitter released into the synapse can regulate its own release by activating inhibi inhibitory autoreceptors, which tells the neuron to stop releasing the neurotransmitter. Autoreceptors are generally located on the presynaptic neuronal mechanism close to the neurotransmitters are released. On the other hand, heteroreceptors are activated by re transmitters released from the other neurons that generate the activity of the presynaptic neuron. Activation of the presynaptic heteroreceptors can either increase or decrease the release of neurotransmitters from the presynaptic neuron. This influencing synaptic transmission. The hetero prefix means different. What, di what distinguishes the autoreceptor from the heteroreceptor is the source of neurotransmitter that activates the receptor. In some cases, the primary neuron and the other neuron may use the same neurotransmitter, but it originates from the same primary neuron. It acts on the presynaptic autoreceptors. Conversely, if it originates from the other neuron, it acts on the presynaptic heteroreceptors. Heteroreceptors can be located anywhere by on the transmitting neurons in the dendrite, soma, or axon. Agonists and antagonists. Many receptors have a baseline or basal level of activity. Agonists feel enhance this, while antagonists keep this activity at or below baseline, depending upon where there's a tonic stimulation of the receptor. However, some drugs can induce exactly the opposite effects mediated by the receptor 
and are called inverse agonists. Many drugs previously classified as, as antagonists are being relabeled as inverse agonists because we have learned that they impede the resting activity of receptors. One such example would be those drugs called benzodiazepine inverse agonists because in contrast to, to benzodiazepine agonists that cause an antioxidant and anticonvulsant effects, inverse agonists induce anxiety and convulsions. Indirect agonists and antagonists. As we've mentioned before, the site of the drug, the action of the drug, need not be limited to the postsynaptic receptor, although ultimately the degree of activation of the postsynaptic receptor may be affected. Some drugs can influence the neurotransmitter at different steps in the process. And an indirect antagonist is a drug that enhances receptor activity without directly binding to the receptor. One way to accomplish this is to induce the release of a neurotransmitter either directly or activate an excitatory heteroreceptor on the presynaptic neuron. The result would be an enhanced release of a transmitter with increased activation of the postsynaptic receptors. Amphetamine is an example of an indirect agonist that is releasing agent. Releasing agents may or may not possess an agonist activity at postsynaptic receptors, but their main effect comes from increased transmitter release. Another common mechanism of indirect agonism is to is to increase the amount of the neurotransmitter in the synaptic cleft by blocking the mechanism meant to remove them. This way, this way in which the actions of most neurotransmitters are terminated is through a process called neur neuronal reuptake. A reuptake inhibitor accomplishes this by blocking the transporter proteins in the neuronal membrane that are responsible for reclaiming the neurotransmitter from the synaptic cleft. This increases the amount of neurotransmitter available to uh, activate postsynaptic receptors. Cocaine was the first drug to found to block transporter proteins and prevent neuronal reuptake of transmitters. Reuptake inhibitors are a common type of drug and can be found in many therapeutic medications such as selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs, or serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. If the neurotransmitter is normally broken down by enzymes within the synaptic cleft after reuptake, an enzyme inhibitor can interfere with this process by inhibiting the enzymes responsible. The result is similar to reuptake inhibitors. By preventing the breakdown of the released neurotransmitter, the amount available to activate the receptors increase. An example of this is a monamine oxidase inhibitor used to treat some forms of depression by preventing monamine oxidase from breaking down of monomine neurotransmitters and increasing the amount of neurotransmitter in the synapse. It is also possible to have indirect antagonistic effects. By inhibiting the release of neurotransmitters, a drug can indirectly reduce overall receptor activity by decreasing the quality of neurotransmitter in the synapse. A presynaptic regulator binds to the autoreceptors of the presynaptic neuron and inhibits neurotransmitter release. Drug interactions. The effects of a drug can also be influenced by the presence of other drugs or substances. Drug interactions can result in the enhancement or reduction of a drug's effect. When two drugs with similar effects are used together, the result, the result can be additive, meaning the total response is what you would expect if you added the independent effects of the drugs together. An example of a synergistic effect of multiple drugs that depress, neur depress neuronal activity, such as ethanol plus a sedative drug. Potentiation occurs when one drug has a minimal effect by itself, but enhances the effect of a second drug. Finally, if a drug reduces the effectiveness of another, it is considered antagonism.